the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is Cover 3 College Football Summer School. We've done our research on the teams, and now we're bringing on the top team experts from the 24-7 Sports Network to help us fill in the blanks. Please follow us on Twitter at Cover3Podcast. That's Cover3Podcast. And leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All right. Class is in session. Hey guys, welcome back in to Cover 3 Podcast. This is Bud Elliott with College Football Summer School. And now we're going to turn the pages in our summer books to NC State, where Corey Smith of Pack Pride is kind enough to join us. What's going on, Bud? How are you doing, man? Welcome to the show, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk with NC State, a team that was was very good to me, as podcast listeners know, last year. And 9-3, and three, UCLA kind of, kind of screwed them with the whole bowl game stuff with the late notice. Uh Pretty consistently played like a top 15 squad, a little bit of stuff in their toe, but overall, I mean, one of the best years NC State has had in, in, in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, you think back to it, you know, that Mississippi State game at the beginning of the season, they win that one, and the outlook of the season is a lot different. You know, if they don't come up short against Wake Forest, Miami, you know, that's it's a completely different looking team. But, you know, obviously they lost a couple, and there was plenty uh, for them to, to want to accomplish this upcoming season, and I think that's why a lot of the guys came back. It certainly would be a lot more expectations on the team this year. I don't think we're going to be, be so fortunate to have Vegas hang a six and a half or seven uh, for, <laughs> for the for the win total uh, wager there. Uh, I want to start on the opposite side of the ball because this is really an, an intriguing uh, unit for me nationally and one that I, I watch a lot. And sometimes I'm very impressed and sometimes I'm a little bit frustrated. Uh, 39th nationally in, in a lot of the power ratings kind of averaged together. Run game was not very efficient, but they ran it a ton. And they also threw it a ton to the backs, which they weren't really all that efficient doing so. And then they're like, all right, third and eight, Leary, bail us out. And he's like, gotcha. Nope, no problem. What are you thinking this year as far as their, their approach? Yeah, I mean, you know, we asked them a lot about that throughout the season, asked Doran and, you know, asked players about that, you know, and, and obviously Leary, not only in third and eight situations, but in fourth quarters. I mean, you think back to that UNC game, uh, you know, try to bail them back out and get them back in that Miami game as well. But, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of, you know, them leaning on Leary uh, more this season because I think there was kind of a a look at it at the beginning of last season of like, hey, you know, look, our, our, our strength is going to be our running backs. Uh, and then they lose Chandler Zavala, and you were no longer really able to run efficiently to the left side. Iki Aquanu was, you know, the one of the best offensive linemen in the entire country. But when you're trying to go to the left side, you don't have a guy at the left guard position that you feel really good about. Uh, they lost some of that efficiency in terms of trying to run the ball and, and get those big, uh, you know, gains that, that Zonovan Knight was known for. Ricky Person being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, they do have two good running backs coming in this season. You know, guys that they feel good about. Demi Sumo is one that we've heard about a lot over the past year. Jordan Houston got his chance to shine as a freshman, got several games that he started. You know, he came in as an all-purpose back. Uh, and Michael Allen, the freshman, 
that came in this season was utilized as a wide receiver a lot at Rose High School last year. So you'll probably see them actually throw the ball a little bit more to the running backs this year, but I think they're going to still look to go with an explosive offense. You lose a Mecca Mezzi, but you gain, you know, a guy in Devin Carter that's ready to step up to that next level. Uh, Thayer Thomas that you get back that's been in the slot. He's more than likely moving to the outside. And Porter Rooks, a four-star wide receiver that, you know, has, has seen his production go up the last two years, really hasn't had a chance to shine in the slot and be that, that lead guy. So we expect to see him. And then, as you saw in the spring game, Anthony Smith, uh, Keon Lassane, uh, Julian Gray, uh, some of the guys that stepped up in that, that you know, the offense. So we expect to see them, one of those three, uh, maybe even a fourth option, make the leap and, and try to you know, push this offense to the next level and, and really try to push more towards you know, getting that, that passing game going. So are you more confident that the receivers take a next step or are you more confident the offensive line takes the next step? Receivers. Yeah, I mean, you know, losing Iki Aquanu is really, really tough. Uh, they feel good about the, you know, the guys that they have there. We've heard a lot about Bryson Spees, a guy that was at right tackle last year, has played a lot of tackle, initially came in as a guard. Kind of that, again, you know, flex, you know, a guy that doesn't really have the size for a tackle like Iki Aquanu did, but, you know, a guy that has that nastiness and, and drive to want to play that tackle spot. And they've got Tim McKay and then another kid they brought in, Anthony Belton. They're still looking in the portal trying to add somebody. But, you know, as of right now, they'll have another guy in Jacarius Peak. So I feel like they're going to eventually find that guy out of that tackle spot. But, uh, you know, the, the big thing is having the rest of those guys make that next leap. You know, Grant Gibson was seen as one of the best centers in the country last year, but, you know, had some mistakes penalty-wise. And then, uh, you know, Dylan McMahon was another guy at the guard position that they felt really good about. He had to switch over to right guard or left guard from right and, you know, didn't really, you know, fit that spot very well. So hopefully he's able to progress. But, yeah, I mean, the wide receiver core, even though they lose the Mecca and Mezzi, you have a lot of veterans coming back, guys that have been, you know, highly productive over the last two, three years. Uh, and you just, you hope to see them uh, be able to continue that as well. If, if all this clicks, you know, last year they were kind of barely inside the top 40 with a really good quarterback. What What's the ceiling here? Like a top 20 unit better? What do you think they can get there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. You know, I, I was talking to you about this beforehand. We were kind of doing a little bit of talking back and forth before we got to this. And I said, you know, the the key to this is going to be Devin Leary because, you know, while he came into last season, you know, as the guy, I don't think they necessarily put it on all on his shoulders, especially not early on. Those first six games, you saw him slowly kind of make this, you know, push upward and, and start, you know, that Clemson game. He did throw for four touchdowns, no interceptions in that game. But he also needed two touchdowns in overtime. So they weren't exactly putting it all on his shoulders, even in that game. So I think you're now seeing like, hey, we can we can put a lot more on this guy. We can open up this offense a lot more. And I think that'll benefit the running game, too, because you won't see as much balance. So when you have that running game moving outside, you're able to, to get, you know, get some more gashing runs for this offense. So uh, I think you have a chance to potentially be a top 15, top 20 offense with this system. And I think a lot of that is because of Devin Leary and the confidence that he has going into the season, like seeing him, I know it's a spring game. I know he's playing against, you know, the white team, which was, you know, potentially threes and even fourth string because you have a lot of injuries in the spring to your, your starting defense. But when you look at the confidence that he showed and some of the throws that he made, like those were NFL ready throws. Uh, so that's why I think he's, he's able to make that leap this year. And that's what makes this offense even more prolific. For sure. And of course, uh, they could also help themselves out by maybe not punting quite so much in opponent territory. Uh, you know, uh, 
there's different there's philosophical differences there obviously but strictly by the data you know state was one of the worst in the country in terms of expected points lost based on on punting decisions particularly those that you know come in in opponent territory there uh, Miami game come, comes to mind specifically from 2021 but when you make those decisions you're probably doing it because you feel like you have a really good defense and they did have a great defense last year the top 15 nationally opponent adjusted I don't think people realize the quality of quarterbacks that state faced last year and uh, still put up you know very respectable numbers they weren't top 15 in, in the unadjusted stuff but once you throw those opponent adjustments in pretty damn good and I'm looking at this starting up front they lose Daniel Joseph but other than that this should be a they can at least hold serve from what they were right yeah, definitely. I mean, Daniel Joseph was one of the better pass rushers for NC State the last two years coming over from Penn State. But when you think about this defensive line, they've got a lot of guys that have been chomping at the bit ready to go. Like Davin Van was a four-star guy coming in. Joshua Harris is a four-star guy coming in. Both of them from inside of the state of North Carolina, both of them really wanting to make that next leap. We talked a lot about Joshua Harris last year, and I know you talked about him on the Cover 3 podcast last year too. Like He was one of those guys just nasty he was like coming into NC State, he was like 330 pounds. He put on a little bit too much extra weight going at, coming out of the 2020 season, was around 360 to 370. He's now cut himself down to 315. So he's a guy that they're expecting, you know, at least on the two deep to be um, a really good player at that nose tackle position. He got a lot of reps this, uh, this spring, so I'm expecting to see him make a leap. And then obviously you get guys like Corey Durden back that was all ACC last year. Uh, you also have Savion Jackson, who missed the last three or four games last year. I can't remember exactly uh, off the top of my head. Uh, and then you've got several other guys up and down this defensive line. I mean, I think back to C.J. Clark, who was injured after four or five games last season and never came back. So he was somebody that was a starter for this unit last year that they'll get back. They're, they're expecting him back at the very beginning of the season or you know early on in the season. So he would be somebody that can boost this defensive line, too. Speaking about losing guys to, to injury, uh, shifting over to linebacker here, I, I have in my notes from last year, check the health status because you had several pretty talented guys. I'm just, like, that's kind of part of my process in the offseason. Look at my notes back from last year as little reminders to myself. You had some really talented guys at the linebacking core there in, in Raleigh who, who went down with injury. And so while you do lose a good number of the top tacklers from last year, it what's the status of the, of the dudes who went down last year at linebackers? I feel like, like they – this could be a sneaky, not a downgrade unit. Yeah, you know, Drake Thomas is the only guy that was still on the field during that last game against UNC last year and potentially against UCLA if they had played that game. That was a part of that starting unit. Uh, you know, not only did you have Peyton Wilson go down in game two, uh, but you also had Isaiah Moore who was playing like, I mean, like here's, yeah. here's, the, here's the idea. Like Peyton Wilson was the preseason potential defensive player of the year in the ACC, like received votes. Isaiah Moore was midseason by multiple people like ESPN, 24-7 uh, Sports had him ranked as a potential defensive player of the year in the ACC. He goes down after the Miami game. And then you have Drake Thomas who stepped up. Uh, as of right now, what we're hearing uh, health-wise, those two are actually like Peyton Wilson probably could have gone through spring camp, but they obviously held him out uh, because they didn't want to you know, run that risk of injury. Uh, Isaiah Moore is already running and lifting weights, so he's back at a good point. Uh, I think both of them are going to be able to go through summer workouts and do a full a full fall camp. They probably won't go, you know, full on fall camp. Uh, I mean, I remember back to Emeka Mezzi last year. He kind of had these dings uh, throughout the summer and didn't play a lot. And then going into the season, he was like just as fresh as you could possibly get because of that. So I think they're going to kind of run that similar timeline with these two. 
and have them ready for the start of the season because they know that they know the, the entire defense inside and out. Uh, and then, you know, the, the guys that were behind them, uh, guys like, you know, Jalen Scott, um, guys like Devin Betty that got starting uh, snaps last year. The only guy they lose from last year was Vi Jones, who goes on to the NFL. And he was basically like their, you know, their guy that filled in as a starter, um, you know, when they lost Peyton Wilson and when they lost uh, Isaiah Moore eventually. So this, this unit is not only, you know, extremely talented, but has a ton of starting experience going into the year too. All right. Uh, talking to Corey Smith here from Pack Pride. Last one for you. I, I mean, I don't even know if we need to ask this, but just just to kind of go through the motions. They had eight guys in the secondary played 250 plus snaps. All eight guys are back, according to the roster I saw. Um, nowhere to go but up, right? If you if you have that much much uh, returning talent, I, I would think, and that much experience. Yeah, I mean, the only concern right now is the fact that you know, again, there there were some injuries in the offseason that you have to deal with there. Uh, you know, Derek Pitts. Oh, a DB. Okay, well, that's yeah, why we ask, right? Yep, exactly. See, Derek Pitts didn't play in the spring game. We were told he had a minor injury uh, during spring camp. The expectation is for him to be a full go by fall camp. So that'll be a question mark we watch. Uh, obviously, Cyrus Fagan went down week two along with Peyton Wilson last year. The expectation is for him to be healthy. He was able to go through a portion of the spring game and, and went through spring camp with a green non-contact in, uh, jersey throughout. But other than that, really, I mean, everybody else has been – Full go, Shaheen Battle uh, coming back from last year. He's expected to make that leap and be, you know, the shutdown DB for this team. Uh, Tanner Ingle, an All ACC player last year. So, uh, and then you have Jakeen Harris. You have, uh, you know, Joshua Pierre Lewis that kind of filled in and, and were were backups to guys last year that are also back. Uh, along with, you know, a guy like Taker, Tyler Baker Williams that missed the last few games. He's expected to be the guy at nickel with Joshua Pierre Lewis behind him. So. They feel really good about this unit. And one guy to watch, too, in that, sa that safety spot, Evan Boykin. Uh, he mm -hmm. was a four-star freshman coming to NC State. Uh, he was somebody that you know we saw really down the stretch last year become one of the best uh, DBs for this entire team. So for him to, to come in and come back this coming up year, I expect him to be the starter at one of those safety spots, uh, along with a guy like either Cyrus Fagan, Jakeen Harris, or Tanner Engel. You know, having that much depth at that spot, uh, can only help NC State after struggling so much for the previous few years uh, in the secondary. No doubt. Corey, nobody knows a team like you do. Packpride.com is the place to be on the 24-7 Sports Network. Really appreciate you joining us here on the Cover 3 podcast for summer school. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Talk to you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Welcome back in here to the Cover 3 Podcast. This is College Football Summer School with Bud Elliott. I'm really happy to be joined now by Ross Martin of Inside Carolina. What's going on, Bud? Man, I'm just uh, looking over the roster here, looking over what what Carolina did last year, reading all y'all's coverage on Inside Carolina, the probably the best site in our entire network. I mean, I'm biased, but uh, you guys do an absolutely tremendous job. It's been a pretty special you know, special month for y'all as well with yeah. uh, with, with you know, Final Four appearance and uh, taking down Duke. So um, that was that was pretty awesome. Let's uh, let's go ahead and check here. Six and seven on the year. Um, a little bit of disappointment, I guess, compared to the preseason expectations. I would I would certainly say so. Yeah, I mean, there are people predicting you know ten and two, eleven one. I mean, outside chance to get in the college football playoff. Definitely one of the leaders to get into the ACC championship game. And yeah, losses early to Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, and then close losses to Pitt and the, the one against NC State. I think really hurt. Um, it was definitely a disappointment. I think especially kind of the last year of Sam Howell and all the talent they had um, at wide receiver and running back to to not have a winning record and, and not kind of make that next step um, under Mac Brown in year three was definitely a disappointment. So it's kind of kind of a, um, a setback in expectations heading to 2022 um, and then having a new quarterback and, and bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Gene Chizik. Um, it's kind of a, a reset, certainly um, losing a lot of talent. But, um, you know, bringing in Gene Chizik, I think, will really help the defense. So that's kind of where we're starting this spring. It, we can go ahead and start on the defensive side, no problem. So uh, one of the worst last year, if you look at you know, SP Plus and FPI and sort of the uh, advanced metrics that account for opponent's strength, uh, pretty much all of them had this defense outside the top 100. So Gene Chizik comes in. I'm looking at this, and roster-wise, like you lose Bo Hasek, who I thought was a pretty solid he, nose guard. All, he's all actually things. back. He'll be back. Oh, he's back. He oh, okay, I, I, I had him marked off of my sheet. He's this been, is why we do summer school. This is awesome. Yeah, he's been out. Um, he's been out in the spring, but he'll be back for 2022. He took the extra fifth year. Oh, okay, great. That, well, then, uh, am I wrong to think that? Well, I guess now my opinion: the defensive line should be pretty damn solid. Yeah, I think it's be the best position group for UNC. You bring back Vohasic, uh, who's will be a three year starter at uh, nose tackle. I think Miles Murphy is set for a breakout season. He was pretty good last year, and then uh, Javari Ritzy, who was a, a big time prospect, twenty four seven Sports. Composite four star should also be a starter there. So I think the the talent, the defensive line will, will be the strength of this defense. Um, and they're simple, uh, simplifying the um, the scheme and everything. Jay Bateman run a pretty complicated uh, situation there at the three four. And I think Gene Chizik coming in, um, you know, the basic four three, very simple, very clear, really raised the floor of the defense. And I think the talent that Mac Brown has brought in over the last four recruiting classes. You're finally seeing some of that show up. A guy like Javari Ritzy, uh, Keyshawn Silver, Tony Grimes entering his third year at quarterback. Um, I think the talent that was really high that led to these top 15 classes is finally, you know, sophomores and juniors. You'll see that improvement and kind of get what Jay Bateman wanted out of this group. I think he was just like a year behind um, fulfilling that potential of these talented players. And you're finally getting some maturity there uh, in 2022. I I kind of feel like I went back and I read my notes on UNC from preseason last year, and I said it. You know, if the young defensive linemen arrive a year ahead of schedule, this this could really be something. It sounds like you know clearly they didn't all arrive a year ahead of schedule last year. Uh, you have you know pretty good confidence in the strength conditioning program that they will take that next step this year, though. 
Yeah, I think so. Another guy to mention is Desmond Evans. You know, he was a guy that you would think in, in year two last year he could be a player. It wasn't he wasn't anything special, but now they're moving him to defensive end, a six six guy um, who is going to be a pure pass rusher now and not have to drop back in coverage. Um, and, and just some of the big names I've already mentioned, those guys you know have the physical maturity now in year three, year four, and you have some veterans in um, like KJ Hester and Ray Hesick, who can provide some from depth there too. So I think um, they do lose some key players, uh, Tamon Fox, um, Jeremiah Gimbel, who should get drafted, but um, they like what they have at linebacker too. So that front seven is going to be a, a really good group. It'll be the core of this defense. They had tons of depth issues uh, with injuries in the secondary, but um, they have some experience there as well with, with guys like Tony Grimes and Storm Duck. I mean, you recognize all these names. They just they had to be able to put it all together, I think, I'm not sure if it'll be a, a superb defense in 22, but I think they do have the parts based on how they've recruited and how they developed um, to be the strength of of this team. Uh, more of the questions are on on offense with all they lost there, but defense I think has the chance to be a, a pretty top end ACC group um, and some really breakout players with Evans and, and Ritzy and, and Miles Murphy and I think people are waiting for Grimes to put it all together um, along with Storm Duck. And I, I think Cedric Gray, maybe a name that a lot of people don't know, but he he was fantastic last year, kind of coming in as a surprise, a long uh, middle linebacker. So he'll step into a big time leadership role with with Gimmel leaving as well. That's that's awesome. I, clearly, I think the the formula for this team, if they're going to exceed expectations, is defense takes a big step and offense minimizes the step back that it takes. It, assuming yeah. I think that it takes uh, someone you know of, of a step back with with Sam Howell being gone we we like drake may a lot coming out of high school as a recruit uh does carolina like him to that extent still i i assume he's going to be the guy right yeah i think the i think most people assume he's the guy but they like jacoby criswell too i mean he was a four-star guy of arkansas he's been here one one year longer came in during the covid year uh in 2020 um and so i mean i think it's gonna be a healthy competition and i won't be surprised at some point to see both quarterbacks play um, they like both of them. They want they want to keep both of them there. I think they both have starter ability. Um, Drake May has been kind of what we're hearing on the outside, but they're not they're not going to decide anytime soon. They're going to let that competition go into August, into fall camp, and make a decision before the the first game. But I wouldn't be surprised to see both. I think both are very talented. They're similar. Um, you know, Drake May is a little bit taller, a little bit more of a pocket passer. Criswell, they love his arm. They've always raved about his arm. And then they like Connor Harrell, too, the, the freshman out of Alabama. Um, I don't think he's in contention to be a starter, but down the line, he's a guy um, who showed flashes during the spring game and can definitely be a backup the next couple of seasons and potentially be a starter down the line. So they're confident what they have um, at quarterback. And But then again, you know, it's it's me hard to replace Sam Howe. He was a kind of a once-in-generation guy. So like you said, kind of minimizing that drop-off is going to be key. But I think they have the, the right pieces with May and, and Criswell, but none of them have seen live bullets yet. You know, none of them have, have been in the fire because it's been the Sam Howe show for three years and he didn't miss a single game. I think he missed, he missed one game last year for injury. Other than that, um, you know, they, we haven't seen the other guys at all. So it's it, you never know who's going to come in and be a gamer. For sure. At, at the receiver position, a, a lot of talent here. They, they've done a, a fairly good job recruiting the position, in my opinion. It, who do you feel like will will step up to lead that room and, and it maybe be some names that we, that we don't necessarily know? Well, it's Josh Downs is the big name. Right. I, mean, I guess I meant in addition to Josh. 
Yeah. He, he's, I think most people listening to the show probably know Josh. If you guys don't yeah. know Josh, Josh Downs, kid out of Atlanta, uh, stud. Just he's set, really he, good player. He set two uh, single season catches and yards records last year for UNC. So, I mean, he's going to leave UNC as one of the best receivers all time. Behind, They're very thin there right now. They're going to have to go to the transfer portal. They have six scholarship receivers. Excuse me. And they like to have at least 10 to 12 on the roster. So they're going to have to add at least two, two or three guys in transfer portal. And Mac Brown likes to add starters. You know, you don't want to bring in someone who's going to be a backup. But um, Antoine Green, a long, deep threat. Uh, he made some plays last year. He's going to have to step up. They like Kobe Paysire, um, who hasn't done much. And, and I think um, a name to watch is Bryson Nesbitt. Uh, he was a talented guy out of Charlotte, but he's a, listed as a tight end. But kind of that big, long, athletic tight end who is more of a pass catcher than a blocker. He's seen some time at wide receiver in the slot, and they can you know put him outside for for end zone threats. So um, those are the four names right now we're hearing. Um, they're going to have to have some people step up in the offseason. And then I think it'd be an attractive destination for a talented wide receiver to come in um, someone who who leaves the program in the spring to come into Carolina because they like to throw the ball. It's just a lot of opportunities. So I would look for that um, for UNC to pick up an impact transfer at wide receiver. They're going to have to. Um, and so that would be a name we don't know yet that comes in and can be a compliment to, to Green and to um, to Josh Downs. And also Andre Green, a big-time talented four-star wide receiver who ha- is not on campus yet. He's a freshman. I think he is super stud recruit and a big get for UNC. Beat out you know Clemson, Georgia, a lot of other schools for him. He could be a um, a guy who could make an impact as a freshman. They, they love his ability uh, to play multiple positions at wide receiver and um, just a physical, talented, athletic guy who I think will have a chance to to be a player at um, the wide receiver in year one. So they're adding two other wide receivers. So they'll have eight with those two guys coming in um, in, in the spring or in the summer, I guess rather. Awesome, uh, Ross. I'll, I'll, I'll get you out uh, here with, with with these two. They they do lose a pretty good chunk of their offensive line. I think there was an O line. Just it, I, I'm an ACC guy. Obviously, I watched a decent amount of Carolina, not every single game. I felt like they were kind of up and down last year at times. Um, but how much are, are losing those guys? Is, is that really going to impact them? Do they feel good about the spot? What what are kind of the general thoughts there on the O line? Yeah, I mean. They weren't that great. They were pretty good at run blocking, but pretty bad at pass protection. I mean, Sam Howell got hit a lot over the last three years. They lose their three best starters, uh, Marcus McKeithen, uh, Joshua Zudu, and Jordan Tucker to the NFL or, or just leaving the program. So, you know, it wasn't a good offensive line, but they, they lose three players from it. So you never know if that's really a good thing or a bad thing. They're going to have to find some guys who can step up. And they have the bodies. They, they brought in Corey Gaynor, transfer from Miami. They need that depth at center. So he'll split time at center with Brian Anderson. Um, so they like that. He's already on campus. Uh, they may need to bring in – they bring in the Harvard transfer as well. Uh, Roland, I believe, is his name. But, yeah, there's definitely questions marked there. They lose Stacey Cyril's to Georgia, the offensive line coach. They bring in Jack Bicknell from Louisville. Um, but they're going to have some guys step up. They have to play some, some redshirt freshmen, some sophomores. There's a lot of question marks there. And, and you know, some new stars in the offensive line – protecting a new quarterback it's not exactly the, the best formula for success um so i think that uh and wide receiver are certainly two question marks on offense um because they do lose those three starters so you know mac brown has, has been stressing pass protection he stressed that for three years and not much has changed but with a new um offensive line coach i think you know getting a fresh voice in there could be 
be could be good and we'll see what happens with these new names but you know there's some guys who've been around like william barnes and, and edmond tillis who just haven't played a lot and there's usually a reason why for that so we'll see if some young guys step up or if they go with you know like a a fifth year um senior or junior who's kind of been around the program has some experience there but i think bringing the two transfers rolling out of harvard uh he'll get here in june and and corey gainer is definitely a positive they need some more depth there some more veteran experience and so we'll see what happens there but um i think i think it's certainly a question mark uh given what they lost at offensive line awesome ross really appreciate you joining us guys make sure you follow ross martin check out inside carolina they do a great job over there. Appreciate you joining us here on the Cover 3 Summer School Edition. Yeah, bud. Appreciate what y'all do at Cover 3. It's always a great listen throughout the season. Looking forward to, to catching up with some episodes here after basketball ends. All right, that's the bell. Cover 3 College Football Summer School is over for today. But don't worry. We'll be back soon with even more episodes filling you in on the top teams in college football. Please give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at Cover 3 Podcast, and we'll see y'all soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.